Hello and welcome to Reese Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've seen Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the yes. sequel to Maleficent, which came out in 2014, which you really liked at the time. I loved it, yes. I didn't see it until a couple of weeks ago when we were going to go see this. Uh-huh. And what did you think? Um, well, funny thing is, I, I remember having quite a good time watching uh-huh. it. Um, you know, I think Angelina Jolie is an amazing presence. She's the great star of the last 20 years, the great female star of the last 20 years, in my view. Um, but then, funnily enough, thinking about it when, before this film started, I was trying to think, what did I remember about it, having only watched it in the last fortnight? And not very much, frankly. It didn't stick in the memory. I loved it. I loved that it created kind of a really um, a female-centred world. Yeah. And that it kind of, that it changed the story in those ways. Um, I thought she was an original presence, really. And I thought the film was rather magical. Uh, all that this one isn't, by the way, right? Kind mm. of... Um, this is shit. Th- this is really terrible. And I, actually, I was surprised that it was directed by the same person. Is it the same director? Yeah, shall we check that? Yeah. I'll do that because uh, um, I'm right here. Um, no, I don't think so. Ah, okay, well that would explain it. Can you see, can you see? I'm on my way. The director of the first was Robert Stromberg. Ah. Who has done a lot in um, special effects. Actually, Maleficent was his first film as a director. Uh Uh-huh. He's done a lot in special effects and art direction. This film is directed by uh, Joachim Runing. Apologies for the pronunciation. He's uh, Norwegian. And what has he done before? He has done uh, Max Manus, Man of War. Contiki, he did. Okay, I don't know. Twenty twelve. Marco Polo. Uh, these are these are co directions. Dead uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And on his own, this is the first feature that he's directed on his okay. own. Okay. I think it's very poorly directed. Yes, I don't Um so you I know. mean there was one scene I found interesting in it, actually, throughout. Only one. Only one really. Um, which was the scene towards the start where uh, Maleficent is invited to dinner. So yes. the story is that she's raised this girl that you see in the first film, and the girl is now going to get married to uh, the prince, and the kingdoms are sort of a war, no one likes Maleficent. Um, they invite her to dinner, and it's set up as this promise of, like, like it's going to kick off, and there's mm. going to be words exchanged and this sort of thing, and I thought this is going to be... You know, there's so much potential here for high drama, mm. you know, really declarative, sort of you know, wonderful histrionics, and actually nothing. Yeah, um, It was really... Dull. They try to. I mean, basically, in, in the in the scene, the women are bitches. Michelle Pfeiffer and Angelina Jolie, and the guys are these drips who are trying to get laughs out of going. Oh, well, I'm trying to. They were trying to sort of not be involved. Okay. Well, I want to. I want to say a few things out of what you just mentioned, mm. really. So, um, the opening sequence was an example of how badly directed it is. You can barely see anything. The color grading is all off. Uh, and you don't know why, what's happening or why it's <coughs> happening or yeah and actually mm. the plot point that it serves for later on could have been done much better much more excitingly it's a complete you know dud of a way to start a film everything that's shot at night is badly 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 shot and, yes. and graded as you say um, so here's a film that has an absolutely amazing cast almost all of them being wonderful actually I mean I do think Michelle Pfeiffer is great Right, um, 
I think Angelina Jolie is great. Uh, and yet here's a director who doesn't know how to use what they're providing. All of the timings are off, right? So there's, you know, th there are all of these built-in jokes that the actors are playing in a kind of a high comedy way and being actually quite successful in terms of the delivery of the lines and all of that. But actually, just the tone is off. The timings of the f whole film are off. So actually, you, you can see what the intention is. You can see the actors doing a good job of it, and it still doesn't work, right? It feels like completely slack throughout. Yeah, it's it's a completely um, stale yeah. film in oh. terms of tone and kind of and the level of excitement and that sort of thing. Um, apart from Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer, who would you name who was really good? I thought Ed Skrein was wonderful. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. Uh, and he was used kind of very beautiful. He just has this amazing look, mm. right, uh, throughout uh, that, uh, you know, uh, um, is, is, is very powerful, actually. And I thought, you know, Melda Staunton and the Pixies or mm. whatever they were, I liked, I liked them. No, I, I don't like her. any of that's the thing. Like, I could see sort of how these actors are doing the job. But I don't think there's anything special about any of these performances, anything really captivating. Even Angina Jolie, who, as great as she is, and, and uh, as good as her presence is, well, for one thing, you don't see enough of her, I don't mm. think. For a film that's got her name in the title, we spend a lot of time Waiting where she's just off, yeah. you know. But um, I, there's, there's so much that is by the numbers, I think. Well, I think that, it, that really is the direction. This is kind of... You know, because the film has yeah. beautiful set design. You know, the effects are wonderful. It's like, it's almost like a film that has it all, except the director is terrible. So, mm. you know, when the camera's moving into the towns or whatever, you know, you don't see the point. You always feel that a better director would have brought in more sweep into what you're being shown or, you know, kind of had more resonance or more poetry or just had a greater effect with all of that because all the raw elements are there, mm. right? But it's just somehow he can't pull them together. Really. But I also think it's got a very bad script, which you know, and that's one of those elements that it doesn't have. I think it's a stupid script that's not very interesting. It doesn't make any of its characters interesting enough. I think it's one of those films. It's one of those by the numbers films, which almost tries to be too politically correct. It's a we are the world film, <laughs> right? That's what the film is about. Yeah, it's about kind of reconciling differences and, you know, we are all one and, you know, yeah. kind of we love diversity and, you know, blah, blah. And actually, it's just so poorly done. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think the message is, is the bad thing, but I, I think it just has a, a, it's a stupid time getting there. Well, but the film is so much about the message that actually all of the other elements are completely slack. No. I don't think the message ending, is the problem. Well, actually, I do think... The message in itself is not the problem, but making the film about you know that message is the problem, mm. um, you know because the the final wedding is never ending, you know it's like yeah. you have a shot of this person and this pixie and this you know and it is like we are the world uh, equivalent of you know this fantasy land yeah where you have you know each person yeah, of the yeah, different species all coming together in this marriage I mean it's like sickening yeah it's a bad film. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're right that I, he doesn't know how to direct actors. You know, and part of it is directing them once you get into the editing room and, and you know, ruining all their timings and things. Yeah. But part of it is not getting enough out of them Oh no! I, in, I, in shooting. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is tremendous. 
I think she sort of is, but but I don't think she's being asked to do anything that interesting. You know, like it's it's a very sort of it's a performance that you could guess every moment. You know what I mean? She does very interesting things, you know, and she suggests things that are not in the lines, and you know, I think she's wonderful. Uh, but I think I, so. I think she's wonderful. I think her performance is not as successful as it could be because it's actually ruined by the editing and the timings. And actually, kind of, you know, she's very good at using the camera, at playing with the camera, actually. Uh, but I think that the director could have brought, could have framed her better, kind yeah. of. Um, I, um, I had a problem with the, uh, the, the, the curse thing. So this is sort of minor spoiler territory, but it's not a very good film, so I don't care. Because um, the thing in the first film was Maleficent is furious about the guy that she loved and blah blah blah, and she puts the curse on the kid that says, you know, before the sixteenth birthday she's going to prick herself on the needle of a spinning wheel and she'll fall into a deep sleep and only love's true kiss can mm. uh, can free her. And then they, you know, she ends the curse in that mm. film as I recall it. Um, and then in this film it sort of comes back and and the idea here is that the curse is on the spinning wheel, not on the kid. Mm. Right, so this spinning wheel still exists, and because and, the thing in the first one was it wasn't a specific spinning wheel; it was just any old spinning wheel. She's going to prick herself on one one day. Mm. Yeah, in this there is a spinning wheel that apparently is now the cursed spinning wheel, and this is not explained at all. It's just something that you have to buy, I guess, mm. um, because then Michelle Pfeiffer's character is able to use this particular needle to stab her husband, send him into his sleep, take control of the kingdom, all this sort of thing. And, and the whole time I'm going, but okay, so obviously, you know, it's fantasy, they can do what they want, but you do have to explain things in the logic of the world. And it just makes this this quite dramatic change to what you knew about the way the Maleficent story was. I saw, that, I saw that film so long ago, it didn't even bother me, I didn't notice it, so I didn't care. I, it's one of the classic things, the whole thing is the curses on the kid. Mm. You curse people, not instruments of making <laughs> clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very, it was stupid, and you know obviously the the the, the thing it allows uh, Michelle Pfeiffer to do, you know, in, in in putting this curse on the king and pretending it was Maleficent Boa, it's kind of interesting, but they go about it in a stupid way, and the whole time I'm going, I don't, I don't like, I st- it's like you're expecting me to be as stupid as you, mm. or just let it go. It's kind of low effort. Mm. You know, I mean, low effort is putting it mildly. The whole film is kind of low effort. Well, I mean, I actually, I don't think it's low effort. I think it's low skill because you see the effort everywhere. Uh, I mean, you know, the design, the effects, you know, the stars, the, you know, the, the I mean, uh, you see effort everywhere. What you don't see is skill, yeah. actually. Um, and one of the things that I think exemplifies this for me is how Sam Riley is used. You know, because in kind of, in the original one, he was like this really, you know... Uh, off-center presence, right? He had a kind of a sharpness and a wit and so on. Here, he's filmed so badly, for one. I mean, you know, he looks like he's eaten too much and done drugs, you know, every night before he's filmed, right? <laughs> he just looks terrible. Uh, he's given nothing to do. You know, he's he's given some jokes, but actually that are very poor jokes and that don't land, mm. right? Um, so... It's kind of, you know, why have a great actor like that if you're going to use, I mean, if you're going to underwrite the role that way and then take such little care in filming him, right? And actually that presence that he has, 
you know, stuff that he showed in like in Control and Brighton Rock, he's got kind of a look that's almost handsome, but also kind of has a criminal element or yeah, kind of he's got he's got this very interesting look. It's not used at all and kind of, you know, what he can bring to make that role interesting. He is after all Maleficent's crow is somehow completely dissipated in this film, yeah? Mm. So, I mean, I, I suppose in that sense, kind of, you know, there's a lack of intelligence, kind of, in terms of how he's deployed. Kind of, the director is unaware of what he brought to the last role, to the last performance of this role, you know, and, and how it could be um, made better. It's actually kind of like just a pale, careless copy of, you know, what was in the first film. Yeah. That is, that is most of the film. Yes, you know. Apart from the fact they then bring in this war, which wasn't sort of really so, you know, because the first one was this kind of sort of sort of interpersonal drama, yes. you know, about Maleficent's past and who she was and stuff. And this becomes this war for control of the kingdom and um, not for control of the kingdom, but for uh, the the kind of the magic folk sort of right to live, I suppose, yeah. um, and control of the kingdom. Yeah, I um, mean, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer certainly for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Yeah. Um, um so uh and and that 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 kind of that kind of has some interesting aspects to it and i i liked seeing the this kind of whole race of uh similar horned winged folk the dark fae i think they call yeah. them this um i don't know if I, I have no idea if any of this goes back to previous incarnations of these stories um and that's chiwetel Ejiofor kind of leads them edge grind is is one of them he's a kind of warmongering uh uh element in there and they're kind of interesting. And I liked, I suppose, that... Um, I mean, it did occur to me that I, I liked how many people of colour mm. were in there as well. Um, and you, I suppose you could put that down to more of it, you know, all political correctness. But I think it was a good thing. And I like seeing them. The only problem was that then they film everything in the dark and they have no idea how to light even light-skinned people. Mm. And dark-skinned people are harder to see in the dark and they make no effort. Mm. It's... it's it's really shocking how, how badly they shoot in the dark in this. Mm. Really shocking. Mm. I don't get it at all. And it kills so much drama in there. Because mm. the, you do have these kind of elements, as you say, in the set design and in the kind of world design of you know, these places where you can go to bring this kind of high drama out, this melodrama mm. or whatever. But it, it, they kill all of it in, with, the, with the visual lack of skill. Yeah. I mean, I think what's good about the film is that, again, it's so female-centric. You know, the central conflicts are really between kind of Michelle Pfeiffer uh, um, and Maleficent and uh, Elle Fanning. Ellie Fanning? Um, I don't know. But, you know, the problem is that they make it so dull and so uninteresting. And that kind of, you know, um, the melodramatic aspects of it don't resonate enough. They're not heartfelt enough. No. So actually, it lacks both the tension of an action film and it also lacks the emotional resonance of a melodrama. And um, Elle Fanning is terrible too, I will say. She looks I mean, beautiful. Yeah, but that's not the point. She was terrible. And Harris Dickinson, yeah, who plays Prince Phillips, is terrible. Actually, I kind of quite liked her, but he was terrible. Well, I mean, at the start, like when I was saying, yeah, because he proposes to her, and then I said they deserve each other. What I meant was, because they're both wankers who are complete personality voids. I really hated them from the start. And I was just waiting for Leveson to show up because she's someone who... Yeah. Has something interesting going on? I, know, I, I, I liked, thought they were awful. I, I liked uh, the young girl. Uh, you know, he he was terrible and and actually kind of ill at ease. You know, I mean, he's meant to be a prince charming. You know, the role is a nothing of a role, but also he is. He just 
seems physically uncomfortable wearing those tights. The thing about him supposed to be a Prince Charming is is not exactly. I mean, it's from the start in this and in, in the proposal scene, he set up this proposal to kind of lure. Uh, uh, the girl out the forest and get into a nice secluded area so he can propose but then you've got the three fairies sort of watching mm. going he's going to choke he's going to choke like the idea is that he's not exactly a Prince Charming he he is kind of weak and effete and that's that's also what you get in that dinner scene where it's the women who are having this this co- confrontation yeah. and the guys are there trying to not be involved you know and trying to trying to just sort of uh, escape almost it's yeah. rewriting it, but it's doing it very poorly because actually, because the roles are so poor, they should have cast more charismatic and indeed more handsome uh, men in those very weak parts. At least, kind of, you know, allow them to bring something to the role because this way, kind of, they, they, they not only don't bring anything, and that was for the king as well, mm. you know, but actually they detract. Yeah, kind of. Um, it's just. It's just. So stupid. Mm. Uh, anything anything uh, good to say about it? No. No. Well, I mean, the good, you know, the good things are what it, what I said at the beginning. I actually, I think, you know, it has great actors, and I think they are very good. The set design is fantastic. The effects are fantastic. It's just kind of the job of directing and pulling it all together is very, very poor. And it is very poorly written. And some of the scenes, actually, you just can't believe how dumb they are. There was one thing that I noticed that I thought was kind of interesting that was something the film was clearly trying to do, which is this idea of sacrifice. Mm. Four times you see people literally stand in the way of attacks from other people and and end their lives mm. for others. So you've got um, Chiwetel Ejiofor does it, protects uh, protects Maleficent from the volley of bullets. Um, the Blue Fairy does it mm. when she goes into the organ and stops the woman from mm. shooting iron at them um, there's a couple of other times and then also Maleficent does it right at the end when she protects yes. the girl but actually even that I thought was stupid yeah. because you need to be given information you know what has happened to Maleficent that she can now be dissolved by that power and then bring herself back to life again you don't know why why, why does she have that power of all of a sudden there is an element of kind of making things up as they go along like Clearly she can be affected by that iron uh, sort of concoction they make that can kill things because because other members of her race can be uh-huh. killed by them too. Um, and the thing about coming back to life is, I suppose I, I suppose you saw her regenerate her wings, didn't you, in the first film? So maybe there's an inkling of that. And there's, isn't the thing, isn't that that uh, sort of sort of dinosaur creature that she was allegedly for shows is supposed to be a phoenix of some sort? I can't remember. Well, I thought, but he said, like, basically, you are her, you have her blood in you. And that, I suppose, is meant to make you not be that surprised when she comes back to life. Well, I didn't get it. I mean, you know, I knew that... It's low effort. I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm meeting the film more than halfway, I think. Well, I mean, I would have liked, you know, to have known, you know, what her limitations and what her powers really are. So actually, you, the, the film builds a set of tensions around what kind of danger she's in. But that felt like a cheat that, you know, you felt she sacrificed herself for her daughter and then actually out of nowhere she kind of comes back to life, mm. right? So that it takes, you know, that, that it's, it's the form of a phoenix or whatever kind of indicates that connection. But actually it doesn't justify how she got that power, where that power comes from or, yeah? No, I agree. It, it doesn't put in the work in establishing 
what the rules are about mm. you know what when we learn new things about the character. I mean, I think the thing about Maleficent is you're not supposed to have known. I don't think she's supposed to have like other people like her. Mm. So she discovers that she is like other people now. She's like a whole other race, and I guess that leads to some sort of you know supposed to lead to some discovery about who she is and thing, but it. But it doesn't. Yeah, you're speculating. I mean, the film doesn't really no, exactly. show it. Yeah. You know, so the thing about uh, the iron, the the iron sort of uh, dust that they make yes. to kill the creatures, it's just like it. It's just something the film can come up with and say. And now this is a biological weapon. <laughs> the thing is, it could have been made so much more interesting by giving the audience more information. Mm. You know, and and that could have been done. Could have easily been done without taking anything away from the film. So. Um, yeah, poor writing and poor directing kind of ruin everything in this film. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on... SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and something else to listen to, YouTube. And uh, social media is Facebook and Twitter, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. And we're going to go and see uh, The Irishman now. Get that out of systems. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye.